0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: And welcome to the Pride of Detroit P O D Cast. Prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How are you folks doing here? Isn't this wonderful? We're in the middle, we're in the dead end of June. The falls number of days away, depending on which flavor you are. For some people, it's already here. For Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online, he's saying it's not here because uh, for some reason, this man has decided he hates Canadians. He just, he's he's racist against Canadians, what it is.
2: You're all, I didn't even speak yet and you're already coming at me. I know. Well, we got, we got to come strong, man. You always label me as the guy who hates everything, but, but who's really the negative one on this podcast? Not me. (laughs) okay i represent life
1: Uh i represent life (laughs) i'm the realist because no like Uh i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm real i'm just saying like i like to sometimes i love the lions but sometimes i feel that love has to be tough and sometimes you have to rip the crap out of the lions when they're doing silly things like uh apparently trying to hire a scab which we will get to here in a second we also have uh, let's see what else we have here. We're, we've got Wayback Machine. We're in a pickle with Wayback Machine, and we'll get to that on why we're in a pickle. And then we have we're unveiling Listcast. We are unveiling the Listcast of 2019. I missed it. You guys missed it. We have a slightly new format this time. I wanted to go completely game show. We've eventually come up with this. Uh, we'll, we'll explain it in Listcast. But we've got to get to our third man here. Ryan Matthews is out trekking the world right now. He is seeking enlightenment. He is climbing to the tops of mountains and meditating with hummingbirds and eating lotus flowers and, uh, and drinking himself into a coma. Uh, all things people do when trying to attain enlightenment as a dirtbag from Michigan. so We welcome in instead our, the Green Ranger of our show, as it were. Infrequent but always welcome guest. The, the only other man with his own music intro mansoor shaheen
0: i get those goosebumps every time yeah. you come around yeah. hello guys is where is ryan what's going on with him
2: he's thinking he's, he's on a west coast
3: trip yeah <laughs> so. yeah he's,
2: he's he's becoming the new cali boy
3: no <laughs> is he no, with no. Alex? he's up are in they together yeah they, think, they actually are both there yeah yeah, yeah. so
2: funny <laughs> enough alex reno who
1: is our banished punished alex reno is also in the Pacific Northwest. They're both in like Washington state and Oregon, but they're not together, but they're kind of like <laughs> in the same orbit for some weird reason. And neither of them are, are coming down to Southern California to see me. So they're both dead to me. Damn. I even tried also, to convince Ryan to swing down so we could go out to Vegas for a little
2: bit. And he was like, nah, I mean, let's be honest. Ryan, Ryan can't be in Vegas.
0: He Vegas It's also really boring. I went, Last spring its not a fun city.
1: Bad well, boy. I you're mean, right.
3: you—you
1: got to get off the strip. I find like the strip is is overwhelming and stupid. But once you get off yeah. it, there's there's some shout out to Bernie Frado who used to be. Uh, if you're a longtime like sports radio listener in Detroit, you might know the name Bernie Frado. He used to do a lot of Detroit sports pre uh, pregame stuff. I actually am his board operator at Fox Sports Radio. For he does straight out of Vegas, 11 p.m. Pacific. On Saturday, and you should listen, we just had a great show there. He did like a college football preview, which is incredibly my my uh, excuse my language, my shit and I'm so excited for college football and we'll'll we'll, I think we'll talk some college football later in the in July on the podcast because for NFL fans it's always draft season never sleeps Demac Pecco. Uh the lions are. There's rumors out there that the Lions... So, Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, There, there is spots on the 90-man roster right now, right?
2: There's one. One Michael exactly Robert sized right. hole on, on the roster right now.
1: And now the rumors are out there. There's been a visit to Allen Park, DeMata Pecco, nose tackle, is getting looks from the Lions. Normally, we wouldn't, we wouldn't run this news because, like, I mean, guys have visits all the time in the NFL but maybe you can explain why this is significant to our listeners at home.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One is that it's coming from Peko himself. This isn't just like Ian Rappaport throwing out something out there. He says, my agent's trying to work out some stuff right now with, with the Lions. It sounds like there's very serious interest. Like this isn't just a random Tuesday visit, which happens every week. This is serious interest. And then kind of the subtext here, which is Damon Harrison, Still holding out. This guy, Damato basically the exact same position. Basically, you know, uh, I would say like a B-minus version of Snacks. Um, Very good run defender, 100% of nose tackle, great fit in this defense. Is he the guy that they're bringing in to replace him in case he ho- continues his holdout? Is he a backup, Um, which the lines will also need, because they probably don't want Damon Harrison, who's, who's what, 30-31? Out there for ninety percent of the snaps, they're going to need to bring someone in. Maybe they got to look at the guys that they they had with H- Harrison out of minicamp and thought, "Wow, we need someone to back up." Damante Pecco might be that guy, but you y- you have to wonder. This is a guy who started fifteen or so. It, I think at least ten games in eight straight seasons. Yeah, Peko's so, thirty-four, by the way. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> so I mean, there there is this kind of like feeling that maybe this is a a, a band aid situation on on a uh, a negotiation thing and maybe it's just a negotiation tactic. maybe they're like hey by the way snacks we have this guy waiting in the wings he wants to be here we're almost to agree you know almost have an agreement here um if you don't you know basically saying to him you're not that valuable to us we we have other options you're not as essential as you think you are um of course all of this is kind of reading into a very minor news story a little bit too much but it's something you have to kind of think about might be happening well, behind I the think- scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is it is something, especially with the politics going on right now. And to be clear, too, Peko has, uh, I, I don't know if he has other offers on the table, but I know he was interested in joining the Rams as well. So this might just be part of the due diligence, like him looking around for teams. But uh, Mansur, um, I'm glad we have you on because uh, I want to hear your opinion on Peko potentially being a scab.
0: <laughs> um. does that make him i mean i don't. mean if if he's he's hired
1: i mean if he's hired for this i mean that's different because it's it's not like you know a collective thing here but yeah i mean it it is kind of gross if the lions are basically looking for him as like a vengeance against harrison trying to hold out for some money
0: um i think i think what i mean it's not illegal but it's,
1: it's 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 you know, just gross. That's all. But
0: yeah, go on. Yeah, I th- I think what Jeremy said is right about, like, they're kind of sending a message that, like, Snacks, like, they can do without him. And, like, as great as Snacks is as a run defender, like, they probably can do without him. Like, y- you know, a slight decrease on upfront run defending is not, like, a huge deal. Like, like, so I think... How do I explain this? I think going from Snacks to Peko isn't that big of a loss. So if they... Mm-hmm sign Peko and then trade snacks or let snacks hold out. They don't care. The Lions will be fine. So the message they're sending is the correct message. I, don't, I mean, it's, it's yeah. due diligence, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if, I mean, yeah. they've you have already to. drawn a hard line
2: with snacks. Like, they have to start considering life without snacks. And this is a pretty decent fallback plan. Mind you, it's only a one-year fallback plan because, this, like you said, this guy's 34 years old. He's not going to be playing at a high level for very long. And, you know, he's still... Even I, I wouldn't even argue that he's playing necessarily at a high level right now. I would say an average level.
1: Yeah, I'm also not convinced that if they have to go to Paco for the number one nose tackle, that's ideal. Though I think that's that's where I'm hold. That's where I'm holding up. Like I understand the the talent fall off potential is not that far from Snacks. I'm not one of these people who thinks that Snacks is going to be like you know was about ready to light up the league. I thought he was going to be fine and a serviceable nose tackle, but. At the same time, we just mentioned Pecco's age, 34, and I think if he's your number one option going out there, that's not going to spell well for the Lions either.
0: Sean Robinson is around, though, and he's like—he's yeah, he not is. as good as Snacks, but he's also a pretty good run stuffer. He can pass penetrate. something Snacks doesn't do, and I don't know if that's by design or he just can't because when Robinson's in there, he does, like, okay pass rushing. So Pecco probably wouldn't even be our number one. So... It's a it's a worthwhile move if whatever contract they were I don't know what discussions they've had with Snacks so far but if they've offered him a deal and he's turned it down and they go to Petco the Lions will be okay it's not that big of a loss but I do think Snacks is amazing and deserves a new deal and has the right to hold out that's not what I'm saying either though
1: yeah it's it's just a weird scenario I think just on the holdout front I just don't think it looks good for the Lions because again like yeah. it just once again shows. We, we've been talking about this several times, Jeremy, that like Lions are showing have been having trouble showing to players that this is a place you want to play. And I, I mean, I get it. You've got to do your due diligence when you're, when you're in the middle of a holdout. I just never thought that, you know, balls in the court for the Lions, I'd never thought that Harrison and Slay were going to be holding out uh, through, like, it wasn't going to be, get as bad as it got for guys in Pittsburgh because I feel like there were extenuating circumstances when it came to Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't. But, know. I just don't uh, yeah. think the optics are that bad right now. I mean, this isn't even not a signing. not yet, not yet. No, and, but and I mean, yeah, that that's I why think... I'm not taking it. Like we're we're at, we're in the business of overreading things, and maybe that's what we're doing. Maybe it's not. Um, but at this time, it's just like, well, you know, the I, I feel like this is good due diligence, and honestly, I think this would maybe this would be a good signing anyways. Because you look yeah. at the guys that they have behind snacks, anyways. You're talking seventh round rookie PJ Johnson, maybe. John Atkins, which, I mean, has anyone seen John Atkins enough to actually form an opinion Never him? Never heard of him. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so basically, the Lions have a bunch of unexperienced guys uh, behind him. And whether Pekka would, would come here for a backup job, who knows? But um, I, they definitely I have think the cap space for it. Like, they oh,
1: definitely yeah. have a cap space for it. Like, even if they're going to pay him, like, hey, you might be our Harrison. We might not have Harrison, so we're going to pay you like a number one. Right. Like they've got space to do it. If then Harrison comes back and it's like, all right, yeah, sure. That's, that's fine. But I mean, maybe it is reading into it too much. Maybe it is that we're the only ones out here caring about this kind of move for the lions right now. Cause this is a local one team focused NFL podcast. And we're, we're in the business of like reading into these moves and reading into the tea leaves. So we'll see. I, I, it just, it makes me kind of pause a little bit given the optics of it, but We'll see. Maybe we're making too much out of it, but I think we've spent way too much on this story. We wanted to do this and get to Wayback Machine, and again, uh, we spent some time warming up the stove. So, and also helping me to try to get this hair out of my throat. So let me see if I can do the voice, and we'll get right back to Wayback Machine. One second.
3: Do 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 do
1: do 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 do. So now that we're in the past we have a problem because once again, it seems like it happens every year. Wayback Machine looks like it's about to just rear end itself into preseason. So we're going to start moving faster. And I think in the future, we're just going to dedicate one month to Wayback Machine and do like a quarter of a season a piece in the future. But I wanted to start doing it right now, but I think there was argument from mansour and Jeremy that we should probably give, especially with the time we have left, like we should give ample time to the Miami game uh October 21st Lions 32 Dolphins 21 a home a road victory for the Lions uh one of the last impressive ones I feel like for the for the season like the Lions will have two more road wins but it'll be over Arizona and a completely emaciated Green Bay team at the end of the season but and I mean I'm not uh, maybe just because of who Miami is. I'm never impressed when a team beats Miami. They finished seven and nine last year, but they play very well at home. And uh, Jeremy, if you want to just, what, what did you find significant about this game? When we're talking long-term picture, looking at what 2018 meant and what we can glean from it going forward into 2019.
2: I think uh as as we kind of mentioned during uh the, the Patriots game this this is the formula that the Lions want to to win football games with they they ran for 248 yards which I think was the most in a decade for this team. Karen Johnson had 100 yards at halftime. Uh Matthew Stafford had four incompletions, 18 of 22 for 217 yards, extremely efficient day for him. Um and, and after this game happened, I think everyone was just like Wow, this this is what we were waiting for. Like finally we don't we we see that Matthew Stafford can be a better quarterback with a running game. Finally we see what a running game in Detroit looks like. Finally we see this team win on the road against a team with a winning record. Remember, the Dolphins are 4 and 2 at the time. Uh so you, you know, like everything seemed to come together in one game and and it's the as I said before, this is this is the blueprint of how the Lions want to win games. The question though now looking at hindsight is how much of this was, was a mirage, how much of this was real. And it's kind of hard to parse those because like you said, the dolphins ended up finishing seven, nine. Um, part of that was due to some injuries that they, they dealt with, including in this game, they lost to Albert Wilson. Um, part of it is they probably just weren't as good as they looked in the first yeah, six I mean, games. I'm of the sorry. Season. Like they, they had Brock Osweiler as the quarterback. So he had a fantastic game in this game, by the way, he, I don't know how he did <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's <laughs> the, that's, that is the point of this game that gives me pause is holy crap. The Lions got carved up by Brock Osweiler right. to the tune of like what, 240 yards
2: and a couple touchdowns. Yeah. To Brock Osweiler's credit. He threw a couple amazing balls in this game, but, and also the Lions are kind of dealing with their own. I'm never going to give Brock Osweiler credit. Well, you wouldn't, but, uh, he,
1: he answer, would you give Brock
0: Osweiler play. credit? He had, a good, he had a damn good game, actually, like, looking back on it. So, like, he, Brock Osweiler has his moments. Like, he's one of those quarterbacks that like, has the raw talent, and sometimes it comes out, but usually <laughs> it doesn't. But usually. this was one of those days where it came out. But I guess I can go now. Um, as, a, like, as a fan, this was a really, really exciting game. Because as Jeremy mentioned, the Dolphins were 4-2. and two. They started year 3-0. Oh. They just won this crazy game against the Bears the week before. Yep. We walk into their house. on Johnson runs all over them oh like the Lions like we're we're pretty legit like we're like we might compete for the NFC North this year turns out the Dolphins sucked they're just the <laughs> Dolphins in the end um but and I think this also showed like our secondary really hadn't fallen apart yet I guess the Jets even the Jets game we looked our secondary looked okay at least but like I guess as you guys mentioned Osweiler having a huge game was a pretty big red flag for what was coming for our, like defensive backfield but yeah overall this is probably my favorite game this season just running over the Dolphins
1: yeah, I feel like of the three Lions wins, so this this win basically puts the Lions back at 500. It's in the end of October. They've had their bye. Questions are maybe, you know, the, the Bears look pretty good, but maybe the NFC North is still open, depending on what can happen down the stretch. Um, for the, I mean, not down the stretch, but for like the second half of the NFL season. But I, I feel like, as we talked about with New England, we are starting to see some fool's gold because there are those underlying problems but it just after how bad the lions lost those three games be it you know the close skin breakers by san francisco and dallas uh like the new york one felt really really bad so it was we were we're spending this entire season trying to offset that bad juju energy and then you have the dallas and san francisco games that end close which makes people believe now that they're looking at the New England game, Green Bay and Miami, like, Hey, we could be five and one. We just need a few things to break our way. We could be five and one. And as we're about to see in the next edition of Wayback machine, it goes south real fast, real fast. But I mean the, uh, for its moment, the dolphins game was false hope. But again, for the larger picture, I think Mansur, you're absolutely right. Like it, it is, it is like, hey, this is a picture of what the Lions could do with their offense. This is what the blueprint looks like. And also the Lions should probably think about looking into bolstering their backfield in the offseason.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, we would learn later the Miami Dolphins' run defense was just horrible. Like they were yeah, absolute absolutely trash. awful all season. So that that's why we were able to run all over them. It wasn't our I mean, Carry on Johnson's great, but it was also like he was playing against a bunch of like traffic cones. Tomato so. cans.
3: It's yeah, interesting basically.
2: though because I mean it really felt like there was legitimate reason to be excited and it wasn't just Lions fans saying it like I'm not doing yeah. this to, to call out Kyle Mikey from MLive but he I I remember very specifically he put an article like yes you can believe in this team right now. And I mean, <laughs> no we were look, doing it too. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, but look at the previous four games like you beat the Patriots, you came really really close to beating the Cowboys on the road, you had a lead with two which we, th- we thought we still
1: thought at that time
2: Dallas was
1: like a good team.
2: Right. They, and they, and were. they, weren't, they weren't bad. Yeah. I mean, you, you beat the Packers in a fairly convincing fashion at home, and then you go on the road in a tough place to win in Miami and you do it. So those are four really good back to back performances, three and one in the last four. You even meant if you want to throw the 49ers game in there, I don't think the Lions were as good in that game as, as the final score kind of looked. But, you know, well, I think that Tracy the narrative Walker was basically, interception happens. Yeah. I think um, the narrative was basically
1: like the narrative as the Lions season was going here was. Okay, New York, they just weren't ready for it. They just were, yeah. like, shaking off the preseason. San Francisco, that's them warming up, but they're not quite there. New England, bam, that's what they can do. That's what they can do when they're at their best. Dallas, okay, they stumble up a bit. Green Bay, Miami, now we're back on track, baby. Now we can go places, baby. Let's go, baby. Just got to beat Chicago. Just got to beat Minnesota.
0: Yeah. A few
2: days Or sorry. Well, no, I, the only thing I was going to add is, is like, do you guys know what the standings were in the NFC North after this game? I think the bears were like a game ahead of us, right? The bears were three and three. Yeah. Oh, I think look, we were Did Minnesota the, have their tie at this point? I think yes. Minnesota yeah, and the yeah. Packers had tied at this point. So it was Vikings. Number one, four, two and one Packers, three, two and one lions and bears, both three and three. I remember this is the point in the season when we were all making fun of the bears. Cause they started out five or they started out obviously hot and they were first in the NFC. And I think the bears put, you know, the standings up in their tweet and then, Three weeks later, they were at the bottom of the NFC. Turns, turns out they would come back at the top. But, but, turns out but I mean, they we're good.
1: Just just put putting I this in imagine perspective, that to like another team happening.
2: There. Yeah, right. To, to put this in perspective, though, like the Lions are three and one their last three. They have the exact same record as the Bears at this point. There was reasons to be optimistic. There was reasons to buy in. There were reasons to think that yeah, maybe it just took a little bit extra time for the for Matt Patricia to get his defense in line and his offensive line. I was I was hype after this game and and partially aided by the fact that i was at the miami game but i mean it it was an exciting time to be a lions fan and unfortunately it was very short-lived
0: three or four days later we traded for snacks and i remember like everyone like not just lions people but like across like the nfl media were like this team doesn't have any real weaknesses they they can make a run we had a weakness like we had a pretty big one at like cornerback too but like yeah, that's the Snack Trades a few, day late, few days later, we thought we were competitors.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when did... Uh, I mean, it, we we did have that. I'm sorry, I'm just looking up the schedule just to see uh, when the next game would have been. So this was, uh, I think, the 21st. So we have one more game here before Golden Tate gets traded too. So this was definitely... Uh,
3: God damn High it, times. What?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was high times. I don't think we were ready to see what was about to come around the bend. Like, again, you you had traded for snacks, as you said, but, like, I'm trying to... Okay, there, yeah, we. so we still have the Seattle game, and then Golden State gets traded on the 30th, if I remember.
3: Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so, like, Golden Tate hasn't been traded yet. The snacks trade's in the work. You're riding high on, you know, three very good wins and two games which you feel like you could have won. Like everything's set up, everything's coming up lions, and as we'll see next time we step into Wayback Machine, just how quickly those things can change, how hard it is to just say, "I just I want to see the lions run the table," and how often that never works. So let's step out of the Wayback Machine. Doop 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 <laughs> doop. All right, to the present. I can't really do that too much. I have had this cat hair in the back of my throat for like a week. And it is tickling me every time I talk. I'm sorry, that's gross and disgusting. You know, it's also gross and disgusting, but we love it all the same. Listcast, first one of the season. We're talking tight ends, and we will be right back on the Pride Detroit POD cast to fill that out for you.
0: 23456789 five, six, seven, eight, nine,
1: one. All right, let's start our list cast. All right, baby, list cast time. There's that music. I haven't heard that music in a long time. This is one where you actually have a theme for, uh, courtesy of our friends in the Pride of Detroit nation out there who invent themes for us every now and then. Speaking of which, we still need a list cast theme. If anyone wants to get that, you will have eternal credit and glory and probably a free drink. If you ever show up to a Lions game that I am at, which uh, I don't think is going to be, I, I'm trying to think when the next Lions game. Yeah, they're not at Chargers this year, and they come think into Las out.
2: Vegas next year.
1: I think that is in 2020.
2: Wait, no, that was yeah. This year. Never mind. I don't know.
1: They're coming. No, yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be in Oakland. Yeah, that's right. Go to go yeah. to that game. Have fun. Uh, up to Oakland. Yeah. Okay, I might. I mean, well, the problem is I work those weekends now, so it's really it's going to be really hard for me to go to any of these kind of uh, uh, football games, really, unless they're in LA. But, I mean, maybe we'll see them play the Raiders the Charge again. Either way, we have the ListCast music. So we're doing a different format for ListCast this year. Usually in the past, all three of us have given like our top tens, and usually what happens is we end up going 40 minutes on it. Which is fine because I, th- I believe my, in my hard hearts, I believe sports talk radio and what PODcast has always been about is the theme of sitting around in a bar yelling about dumb sports stuff with your friends and occasionally getting on to other topics about life, liberty, television, and uh, the pursuit dumb of things. No, just the pursuit of getting <laughs> ignorant. Uh, but I think we've got this format set up. So basically, me, Mansoor and Jeremy each put together our own top tens. Mansoor was gracious enough then to take those top tens and assign weighted values to all the names. So we have one master top 10 list cast. And I think moving forward, we are going to involve the rest of the POD staff in these list casts. We are going to let them vote and we're going to weight all of this together. So eventually you will be getting the list cast of the entire POD empire. The entire P.O.D. Empire, everyone. Which means we're going to be letting Mike vote on these. Which could be
2: problematic. Expect to hear can a lot really- of Lions names.
3: Yep. <laughs> uh, but but also, I want, to make it,
2: I want to make it clear, too, though. If you guys want our individual list, we're going to put that in the post on prideofdetroit.com. So the podcast post yeah. that goes out every Monday, we're going to have our individual list there. So that if you want to see where someone screwed up or, you know, where, where Chris put someone that retired in 2014 in his list, uh, we'll have that up for him. So we didn't
1: do that this time around. <laughs> um, I would argue that even though he's retired, Rob Gronkowski would absolutely make this top 10 list, though. <laughs> and quite honestly, I almost did it under the belief that I believe Gronk is not going he's, he's to stay retired. He's, he's going to get bored and come back.
3: I think
0: we'll he averages sixty nine career receiving or sixty nine receiving yards a game, so he can't really ruin that's, that.
1: Yeah, yeah that that's true. Mm, that's that's a point I hadn't even considered. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the honorable mentions first, just in case. Like, we we only have one this time. We're doing tight ends, so it's pretty uh, it's pretty self self organizing. It's not going to be a ton of surprises. We didn't really have anyone fall off too much. Uh, we did have one name on here that is going to make people laugh, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Jeremy, let's get your honorable mention. You are the only one who had a name on your list that did not make the final top 10. We have a tie at number 10, which keeps a name for uh, Mansour up, and we're gonna I'm going to rib him about that in a second, but <laughs> give, give your honorable mention.
2: Yeah, so I went with uh, Jordan Reed as my number 10 tight end. Um, this is a guy that's unfortunately just had to struggle with injuries his entire career. Uh, he hasn't played a full season yet. He came into the league in 2013, but last year, 13 games, 558 yards. If he can put together a full season, I think he's worthy in the conversation of a top 10 uh, tight end. Uh, the question is just whether he will be able to, and and the answer is probably no, but the guy's only 28. So there's still a little bit of time left in his career to kind of bounce back from those injuries. And I think uh, he has a chance at doing it. And And also to be clear, this is our version of, Who's the most talented guys, not who's gonna have the most successful season. So the fact that Jordan Reed is on Washington, and doesn't have a quarterback throwing to him is irrelevant. Okay. Great.
1: Uh, I almost how do we do this? Because we have a tie at ten. I, I'm I'm sorry, I, I meant to react a little strongly. It's not that I'm ignoring what Jeremy's saying about Jordan Reed. He's a fine guy and I want to get to some of that stuff, but like I'm sitting here looking at our tied ten and I'm not sure how to do this because
0: I can start.
1: No, uh, I I I have to introduce these. So okay, <laughs> let's just let's just say the other side of the tied one because I I've been thinking which one's going to be funnier to start with. So let's go with you, man, because you are the reason ten is even tied in the first place.
0: Yes, because you All put right. this
1: guy at number six, and none of this guy wasn't on <laughs> any of our own personal lists. So All the people who say I the hate time. the
0: Detroit Lions. Have to have to take this into consideration now. Yeah, T.J. Hawkinson, I put at number ten. No, he's you put him number, at number six. I you put you him put at it number Hawkinson six. At he's
1: freaking number six. He's
0: at number ten total because like that ended up beating out everyone else's votes. But I think Hawkinson can step into this league and be like an instant top six tight end. I mean he he can blo- he can block as well as anyone else on this list. He's already a great route runner. He already has great hands. He has like everything you could want out of receiver. Like other than being like super fast, he's versatile. Yeah, I, I mean he he's so good already that like he could easily be assuming that like some of the like more athletic high ceiling, low floor players don't randomly like shoot up the list. He could easily be a top six tight end this season. Maybe even like number one, honestly, depending on how things Ooh. go. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Like I think, I think he is oh, a like, yeah. I don't think there's much room for development with Hawkinson, but like he can come into the NFL and be an elite tight end. That's why I wanted him in the draft so badly.
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're kind of reacting to it, but at the same time, I know, Jeremy, uh, we had sat here, I think we had a question like a week or two ago, and we basically said, like, Hawkinson, the pressure's on him, he's got to perform like a, you know, a top tight end in this league out of the gate because of the capital that's been invested in this and because of how bad Bob Quinn's kind of handled the tight end position in the past.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't know, I'm kind of mixed on that because you, you just look at history and how it's treated rookie tight ends, and it's not great i mean there are only a handful of guys who've had more than 500 600 yards in the rookie seasons ever and so i'm not really expecting a ton out of Hawkinson right out of the gate i'm i'm i am expecting him to be good and i'm with monsoor that he's kind of the complete package um that that's needed for an nfl tight end and playing at iowa maybe that transition is a little quicker than most but rookie tight ends just tend to not be that good or do that good or perform that well or put up that many statistics so honestly i will probably have hawkinson somewhere between the, the 15 and 20 range right now but he definitely has the high ceiling that monster is talking about Def- maybe not top one that he's saying but i i, I, <laughs> I wouldn't happen. be completely shocked if he was a top five receiver in terms of, of receiving yards amongst tight ends
1: all right, well, we're already eight minutes into the segment, and I feel like, well, that, that's good, because usually at the end we talk about Lions guys that, where, and where their re- relation is with these lists, so that gets that out of the way. Let's, let's get to the full t- top ten then, because uh, the other one tied at ten, and this is almost kind of a joke, but not really. Number ten on the official Pride of Detroit list cast tied, Hunter Henry. We got it right this year. We got it right this year. For those who don't <laughs> remember, both myself and who else? Was it you, Jeremy, or was it Ryan?
2: Since Ryan's not here, we're
0: gonna say it was Ryan. And
1: I'm pretty sure it was it. you. I'm pretty no, sure no, it was
0: I'm you. I, think sure I, I I was I a listener really at the time and it definitely was Jeremy. I don't remember yeah. it. Like that. the one
1: <laughs> the one time that Jeremy actually like has nothing, he can't say anything about me in this regard. Hunter Henry <laughs> made our list. For those who don't weren't aware, Hunter Henry barely played any twenty eighteen. He tore right? his I think he played, like, one game at the end of the year or something. No, they were talking about bringing him back, but they never did. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what said. But, uh, I mean, the potential of this guy is out there. He was really good in college. Uh, I think he slots in perfectly with what the Chargers want to do on offense. And he's shown chops in the past. And I feel like now that he's back from ACL, we were talking about this off air, too. Like, an ACL uh, isn't as bad to come back from as it used to be. And I think that given what we had seen from him in 2016 and 2017 and him coming back now from injury, this is like, this is prime. As we were saying, it takes a little bit of time for tight ends to mature. This is prime time now for Hunter Henry.
2: Yeah. I I mean, his stats when he was healthy, weren't great, but we're, we're entering that year three. Now it's technically year four for him, but his third year of actually playing where, I, I and now he's in the spot. Now he's in the spotlight with LA as well. So. Yeah, Antonio Gates is is I think finally retired. I, you never really know with Antonio Gates. Allegedly, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think this could be a big year for him, and he's certainly going to come back super motivated. Any
1: thoughts on this one, man, sir? Like, I don't think he was on your list at all.
0: Um, no, he made my like I think it was, like eighth for me. What was he for me? No, you, uh, he, he was 10, on my, he, Ta- he, he was tenth. Yeah, he was on my list. Yeah, um, I think obviously like the ACL will stunt his development a bit so this is kind of year three and they'll probably like his body will have to recover from a pretty devastating injury but he showed a lot in his first couple of years in the NFL he wasn't a high volume guy but he was like really efficient with the targets he did get he had high catch percentages and I think like both his seasons he had about 13 yards per reception like the two that he wasn't injured in so I think giving him more now that he has like, earned a bigger role in the offense and he's going to get more targets, he, his stats should definitely... Like, like, he might be in a 1,000-yard tight end if things go right for him.
1: All right, number nine on our list. And guess what, folks? The Cleveland Browns love fest continues. I'm, I'm shocked this doesn't chafe Lions fans that we're all talking so positively about the Browns across the nation and not anything about the Lions. But number nine, David Njoku out of Miami been with the Browns now for uh, two years and now entering his third and with all things Browns looks to be uh, on the up and up.
2: Yeah. The the one thing I'll say about Njoku and I had him a little bit higher at seven on my list is that he is going to benefit from a full season with Baker Mayfield because I looked at his stats from last year. He had 23 yards per game without Baker Mayfield in the first three games. With Baker Mayfield, fifty eight yards per game. So over over thirty yards more, thirty-five yards more per game with Baker behind center. And I just think I think he could have a really, really big year with, with Cleveland next year and uh and yeah, that I don't know. I as you were mentioning, like the the Browns line stuff. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of Lions fans. I don't know if it's jealousy or whatever, but uh I mean Njoku is also kind of I think at times, compared to another former Lions fit in that we're going to get to in a little bit. So, um, but in joke is the whole, the real deal. I think, I think he's a great fit in Cleveland and, and going to develop that com- chemistry with Baker this year that's going to take him to a whole new level.
1: All right. Um, next up on the list, let's see here. We've got, I'm sorry if I'm moving a little uh, fast because once again, we've kind of ditched around at the start. Uh, number eight, Evan Engram. Uh, Mansour, he was basically, like, the one... He wasn't on your list. No. Um, yeah,
3: uh...
1: Uh, This was, like, the one bright spot for the New
0: York Giants last year. It it wasn't. He kind of regressed last year after an impressive, like, first couple years in the NFL. And, like, uh, you can blame a lot of it on Eli, but he also looked disinterested. He's a horrible blocker. He never really got open. So I think Jeremy should probably take this one since I I didn't no, have a my list at all. <laughs> I, I don't mind the pushback there, and, and you're you're
2: right with some of that. I I think I think there is a, maybe a little bit of an attitude problem, and, and you're right that he's not a great blocker. But I think otherwise everything else is there. You know, again he's he's one of those guys that he didn't get a lot of volume last year, but he made the most of his opportunities. Twelve point eight yards per catch is pretty darn good. Um, and and he was actually Pro Football Focus's sixth highest graded graded tight end last year. So. Um, I think if, if he just finds himself in a situation that knows how to use him right, he's a really, really talented guy. I just don't know if New York is that place.
1: All right, next on the list, let's see what we have here. Let me pull it up. I was looking at something else. Number seven, uh, and this, this one's going to be interesting because I know Mansour was really high on him again, Mansour kind of being the, uh, the wild card here. Number seven, Delaney Walker. And Mansour, I'll turn this one over to you because you had Walker as high up as four.
0: Yeah, um, Delaney Walker was definitely like one of the best. Has been so last year he tore his ACL week one and missed the entire season basically. But before that, he was definitely like top. He's probably the best tight end that wasn't named Kelsey, Ertz, or Gronk for a very, very long time. And he, he's obviously old, getting older and ACL ACL will hurt him a bit. But I still think he's a great tight end. And Looking at the rest of the Titans, where it's a bunch of young kids who are athletic and might show flashes but are very inconsistent, I think Delaney Walker's always been a really consistent target for the Titans, especially with their receivers all kind of being young kids who are kind of bad. So I think Walker, he's a good safety blanket for Mariota, especially as Mariota's been struggling and he could have a huge year coming back.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't have him on my list. You had him what, four, I think. I had him but- yeah, I had him four, yeah. and
1: I had I had Walker. I think eight on my list. Yeah.
2: And I mean, my only reason is is the ACL. Uh, we we talked about Hunter Henry coming back from an ACL. I think it's a lot different when you're talking about a 34 year old coming back from an ACL. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm expecting a rough year for for Delaney Walker. He is kind of he doesn't have a ton of competition there in Tennessee in terms of of targets. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits you know 600, 700 yards. But this is also a guy that in his prime. He was hitting 800, 900 yards every year. So I, I do see your point in, in putting him on his list, but I'm, I'm just a little more skeptical of age and injury there. All right, next up on our
1: list, number six. Who boy. My he guy. Fire stoked. Let's get these fires stoked. Let's get it pumping. Let's get the hate mail going. Your Indianapolis Colts tight end, Eric Ebron. <laughs> Who wants to take it? Who wants I, to take I, it? I just I'll, I'll dropped
3: that
0: there. Right. Molten hot lava. Go for it. All right. I I love Eric Ebron. And if I made this list last year, I probably would have also had him in my top ten. Um Ebron is a great tight end. You can talk about drops, but I don't think drops are that valuable of a stat. He scored 13 well, I, touchdowns I, last year. Sorry?
1: No no no, I I was just oh. going to say like I and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like I uh I, I think I put out the numbers last year too when Ebron finally got dropped from the um not la- yeah, last year when Ebron got dropped from Lions, I think I showed like his percentage of drops is pretty much average for most of the, the top tight ends out there.
3: Yeah. Like there was yeah.
1: nothing there was nothing odd or deficient about his his catching abilities. Like just people just took mm. took uh big examples and kind
0: of ran with it, but yeah, go on Mansoor. I'm sorry. His drops seem to happen at inopportune times and he doesn't win enough contested catches for someone who's like his size, but he's, he's a fast, he's athletic. He's a great route runner. He can get open. He can stretch the field. Last year, Indianapolis, he proved that he could be a red zone threat. Like, he kind of he's a bad blocker but like other than that he kind of just gives you everything you'd want out of a tight end and even his blocking like those issues are overblown it's one vine from like a play where he forgot the play was continuing it was turned around right. that everyone <laughs> sources always yeah. But like he there was there's no major deficiency in ebron's game other than the drops but even that i feel like is very very overblown it's a narrative he's a great tight end
2: i think it's pretty good i i I do think there's there's I mean as as Eric Ebron's lines career will get further in the rearview mirror, I think people on both ends are going to exaggerate both his good things and his bad things. The people that thought it was a mistake are going to say wonderful things about how he was a perfect player and the lines made a mistake. The people that hate Ebron are going to say the guy is a bum. Whatever he's doing in Indianapolis is is just you know Andrew Luck and you know whatever. And, and this they're finally using him like the line should have or whatever. But to me he's 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 above average tight end and there aren't a lot of great tight ends in this league i think we were talking when when the lines drafted tj Hawkinson just how few good tight ends there are so eric e. brown is a good tight end definitely a 10 top 10 tight end that's rare in and of itself um i the, the drops are, are a thing i do think his year is going to his year last year is going to see some regression this year the, the touchdown numbers are, are ridiculous and and just it won't happen again. It can't happen again. Um, you look at some of those touchdowns. He was just like there was no defender in the screen for some reason when he caught some of those touchdowns. Um, but like you said, talented guy, really athletic guy. I don't think his hands or point of attack catches are, are very good. I don't. I'm not quite as much in love with his route running as, as some people are. But he certainly has all the tools to put it together. And and if his mind is in the right spot, I think he can be a, a top five tight end in the league. All right, let's uh move on here. sorry to keep pushing along,
1: but uh we've, we're like twenty minutes into this now, so let's see number five Jared
2: Cook Jared cook's yeah he's he's one of those guys that's just like a veteran that has just been there the whole time. he's been right in the in the conversation of a top ten tight end, and he's almost like he's like that guy that's gonna make I don't even know if he's made a bunch of pro Bowls but he's he's the guy that seems to make. The Pro Bowl, or he—he's that guy that you think of with a top tight end, whether he was or wasn't, just because he's been above average every year. The, the thing that I find interesting about him is he actually just came off his best season to date: 896 yards and six touchdowns. The guys, 32 years old, and and somehow, you know, with with the Raiders, has caught on. I don't know if it's a, a Derek Carr thing or whatever it is, or but um, he he still got it. Uh, five straight seasons with 600 plus yards, um. I, I think he, he deserves whether it's uh just being able. I, I think one of the things that that monster has referenced a couple of times is we have a lot of really young athletic tight ends that have high ceilings. We already know
0: Jared Cook's ceilings ceiling, and we know it's pretty high.
2: So that's why I had him high on my list.
0: Mm-hmm. 900 yards and six touchdowns on a disaster of an Oakland <laughs> Raiders team last season. Now he gets to play with Drew Brees, who I'm going to admit a pretty good quarterback. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it, he's like Walker where he's he's older, he's not going to be making like a lot of the incredible plays that like other guys on this list will be making, but he's a good safety blanket. He's always there when you need him and he's reliable, which I feel like can be more valuable than the things that Njoku or I don't want to reveal another name, but like Njoku or Ebron or some of the like more big play flashier guys can do.
1: Number 4, O.J. Howard. Man, sir, open this one up to you. Um O.J. Howard. So he I think he's been pretty long Curious what you want to say. Did
0: I have him? Oh, had I had him at number. Where did I have him? Oh, seven. I guess like seven. Okay, I had him right behind Hawkinson, but I th- I think he's great. I think he can take another step forward, especially with like Djax gone. He probably will get a lot more like targets downfield. Um, he's playing with Jameis Winston, who's like not very good, and he's still putting up pretty good stats. His He doesn't really catch a lot of passes. Like I think he only had 34 receptions last season, which is really low but i think with jackson gone he'll get a lot more opportunity in tampa to really like show off what he can do and an athletic guy he's an athletic high ceiling guy entering his third year in the nfl so expect another huge step forward
2: yeah and and the thing with the the low catches is i don't know why they're not getting in the ball because the guy had 16.6 yards per catch which is the highest among all tight ends that had at least 10 catches and he was pro football focuses number two guy. so he's efficient when, when he's getting targeted, he just for whatever reason is not getting targeted, probably because the bucks were a really bad team. Yep. Pretty much. All right. Now we're into our top three. We all, we
1: all, this one was pretty easy for the top three. It's just the order that kind of, I I think we all are in agreement though. Zach Ertz is our number three here. I think Minster had him too, but like, this is where Ertz belongs is number three. He's, he's good. He's a great offensive, uh, threat out there. Maybe not the best at blocking, but like, He's our number three tight end on listcast.
2: Yeah, and And this, this was kind of like a test between whether I wanted to go with the veteran guys that have proven it a long time or like the young hot guy. And uh, with, with Ertz, it was tough to put him third because he has three, four straight seasons with eight thousand eight sorry, 800 yards coming off his best season with 1163, eight touchdowns in two straight seasons. Um, The guy, the guy has proven he's, he's a valuable commodity. He deserves to be in the, Conversation of, of the top three. I, I think these last three, kind of as you alluded to, are clear and above the rest of the, the the league. And and it's unfortunate that Ertz has to deal with two other really good guys, but um, totally uh, deserving of of at least a top three spot.
0: Yeah, the only reason I had Ertz above the guy who's next on list on my personal list is because Ertz is he's consistent and more reliable. He doesn't drop a lot of passes. His blocking kind of sucks, but it's again it's people over, but it's not horrible.
1: Our number two here, he got a number one vote from Jeremy, which uh, should make, and uh, he is the absolute favorite of a certain person of Pride of Detroit Twitter, not not someone Lions at Pride Twitter. of Detroit, Lions yeah. Twitter, someone who, but yes. someone who interacts with us quite a bit. Uh, number two, George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> the beloved son of Beast F-Ball, if you follow <laughs> him on Twitter. Uh yeah, I, I think you were talking, Jeremy, the battle between veterans and new guys. Mm-hmm. Kittle is absolutely representative of this new guard here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, led the league in receiving yards last year, 1377. PFF's number one guy, 15.6 yards per carry. Now, I'll fully admit par- part of this is just Kyle Shanahan's genius. He's He couldn't have fallen in a better spot to fit his talent, to fit a guy that, that likes to use his tight ends and fullbacks in the passing game and, and all sorts of creative stuff like that. But I mean, athletic freak Guy's actually not that bad of a run blocker either. So he's got a little bit of versatility to him. Uh, I, B Steph ball was right. He, it, you should have a love uh, connection with, with George Kittle Cause he's a really, really good guy. And, and with Gronk out of the picture now, like he could, he could step in and, and be that, you know, once in a lifetime talent. Plus I really love Iowa tight ends. They're all really, really
3: Jesus. good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, shout out to uh, Iowa Sam at Fox Sports Radio, who I know is, he's not listening to this, but his ears are perking up somewhere about talking about Kittle and, and Hawkinson. Number one, and I think this one was uh, pretty much
0: guaranteed, Travis Kelsey. Best tight end in the NFL, yeah. Um, he does everything you'd want him to do. He can block, he's a pretty good rat runner, he's an amazing receiver. Um, he's surprisingly fast for someone as big as he is. I don't have his height right down, but I know he's like pretty big too. Oh yeah, no, I do have rundown. down. He's big six five target. Um, yeah, he's basically the perfect complete tight end. Like other than Gronk, I can't think of a single tight end I've seen that's better than him. Like outright.
1: Yeah, and I think that now with kind of the way that the Chiefs have been dealing with this off season, there's going to be more workload on him. And uh I think that just is gonna reinforce any kind of greatness we see out of him. Jeremy, what's your opinion on Kelsey?
2: I mean, yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about the guy. He's had three straight one thousand yard seasons. He's only the second tight end to ever do that. And the other one is not Gronk, believe it or not. So I I mean, if, if you're talking about a guy who's consistent, a guy who high ceiling and and high floor, Travis Kelsey is your guy. Again, maybe he's benefiting from a, a past happy Kansas City offense, but um, there, there's a reason they're they're focusing the game on him is because he's really, really, really good. All right, and that's it for listcast. We kind of went
1: long here because I know we had some talks in the beginning, but uh, I think I like this format a lot. Let us know at Pride of Detroit at Christopher Fett P E R F E T T uh, at Detroit Online and Mansour at uh, Mansur Shaheen
0: Shaheen. yeah that's my name yeah, yeah
1: Machine yep yep sorry it's it's been a minute man let's take a <laughs> some break here and when we come back we're going to get into the mailbag we love having a mailbag we're going to open it up here for everyone and uh, see what's on lion's land's minds we'll be right back Mail time! Hashtag AskPOD as always to get your questions in. We love questions. We love the weirder, the better. Uh, Jeremy, I know you've been trying to take care of the overflow of the mailbag.
2: So, uh, that's there. Yeah, yeah. so if you me. don't hear your question answered here, be sure to head over to Pride of Trade on usually Wednesdays I'm going to try to get out the AskPOD overflow. But uh, yeah, make sure to check out the site too. Sounds good. Sounds good. But we, of course, get
1: first tap on this, on this fresh keg. So let's start here with a uh, sports-related question from Will Mac- McPhee from Twitter, at WillMac11111. <laughs> Would you guys rather have the draft before free agency like the NBA?
2: I think it makes a lot of sense, for sure. Um, maybe you'd see a little more drafting towards need if, if it were that way. Um, I guess I don't really have a personal preference, though. Uh, I actually,
1: okay, yeah, sorry go ahead. no, no, i don't I don't I, 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 I have a strong opinion against this, actually. i I don't want this to happen because we just saw in the NBA draft a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration when it comes to because the problem is is like when you're saying free agency is going to come after the draft, i i would I, I would say if that's going to happen, you can't be able to trade during the draft because what happened at the NBA draft uh, from this past week was, you have these awful situations where you'd have guys come up, they'd be drafted by one team, but then within minutes they're traded to another team. So like a kid will go up there with like a Pelican's hat and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, no, no, no wait, 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 hold up. You, you Now you got to get a Nets hat. No, wait, they just traded you again. Okay, quick, here's a Grizzlies hat. Like, <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just for the optics, it looks terrible. It, 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 looks, it makes for terrible television. Uh, there was that great story about, um, uh, and excuse me as I like furiously look up his name because I keep uh, Jordan Bone. Uh, second great, great video out there if you haven't seen it. He's now a Detroit Piston. Jordan Bone out of Tennessee doesn't think he's going to get drafted. Uh, there's a video out there like as his family mobs him as they're talking about not getting drafted because he f- does get drafted in the second round, but he gets drafted originally by the Pelicans. And then again, within minutes, suddenly he's instead going to Detroit. And I think the NBA draft loses a lot when you are drafting guys and then immediately trading them rather than what the NFL does, which is to trade the actual pick itself. Like, not not for any kind of ethical reason or any kind of labor reason, just because it just doesn't make for good television. It doesn't make for good fandom to follow along with saying, like, Oh hey yeah, that guy you just drafted. Get excited for him. You think he's going to your team? Congratulations, congratulations. No wait, he's instead going to Memphis. Like that doesn't make for a good. Like I object to it, if only because I don't want free agency and trades to overlap with the draft itself. Does that make sense at all?
2: Yeah, yeah I I'm not sure if one is necessarily the the result of the other. You know, if if the trading the player on draft day is a result of
0: not having free agency yet, but but I, well, like, I, I can see. I think yeah, it's because the NBA doesn't open their season till the thirtieth. That's like the March fourteenth for us, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. But so, I think yeah. a fix would be just have the free agency open right after. Like you have like a grace period before. Have free agency open right after the draft, and have a grace period, like for the the forty eight hours before the season opens. You're allowed to make trades again. Just do that. I just think
2: I think it's fine as it is, to be honest. I think so, too, because yeah. the more I think about this, the more having that month in between free agency and the draft really gives coaches and analysts and, and you know, scouts time to focus in on, on what their actual needs are and what, what they're looking to add to this team. Um, and it, it makes more sense, I think, in that order than anything
3: else. And, and to have them spread out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so. All right. uh, Let's see
1: here. We've got some outdoor questions. It is the end of June. Uh, Summer has officially started. We had the longest day on record um, of the the calendar year just a couple days ago. So we got a question from Troy Kilgore asking a question that I don't think any of us here are equipped to even talk about, but we're going to read it anyway. What is your favorite form of recreational motorsports in the summer? (laughs) Oh, boy. This has a, this has potential to be the new car talk.
3: (laughs) Well,
2: uh, I'll say this. I've always wanted to like water ski or waterboard or wakeboard or all those things, but I've just never had the resources. I've never had a boat and a lake, but that seems like a lot of fun. Like I want to, I know Stafford likes to do it like every summer and I get a little jealous when I see videos of it online. That seems like a lot of fun, but I'm no, I'd be horrible at it.
1: What jet skis?
2: Yeah. My balance is horrible. It's why (laughs) I, I never played ice hockey it's why i never really skied and i don't get into the like michigan winter sports cuz i just i have no balance two left feet
1: i uh my cousins my my mother's side my grandmother and my grandfather both lived in coniat lake in the west of pennsylvania and modest just a modest sized small lake uh kind of a vacation spot for a lot of west pennsylvania people uh, some of my cousins had jet skis and for me as someone who has some southern blood in me from North Carolina yeah no I, I think I've got to put the vote down for jet skis like I, I actually love motorcycling although I mean I want to eventually get my license for a motorbike but that's more for like transit and you know traveling around here in Southern California than it is for uh, recreational
2: even though Chris, that's pretty fun I care for you don't do it <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to get like a pit helmet and some and some le- and a leather jacket and go about the country on a Harley." I'm not I'm not about that. Uh, and ATVs like, man, I can't do ATVs or snow machines or whatever. Like that kind of stuff is scary as hell to me. So, I mean, jet skis are the most redneck thing in here, but I
0: kind of like them. Sometimes on late summer nights, when we're on our way home, we will drive really fast down Route 50 at like 100 miles per hour. If you live in Northern Virginia, then you'll know what Route 50 is. And that's the only motorsport I partake in, I guess. (laughs) We'll count it. (laughs) Street racing.
1: (laughs) I think that's fine. No, I think that's fine. (laughs) You know, you'll be on the next Tokyo Drift. Until the cops come, and then it's not going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right uh night train lane you asking us can we vote on who has host duties hashtag i'm with jeremy
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're giving jeremy more work he already runs a whole blog and i host a podcast too no comment
1: (laughs) he does fill in for me when i get like super busy but i mean yeah i mean this is my baby i'm sorry i'm not i didn't set this up to run a democracy you're gonna have to uh Go call up the U.S. and try to have them bomb me to make me give <laughs> up uh, to make this into a vo- uh, into a democracy.
3: No comment. Come on, <laughs> give a comment. Nope, no comment. I'm just here so I don't get fined. You're doing this. You're doing this on a, on
1: a reason. Like you don't actually hate anything here. It's just that you are you're playing a part right now.
2: You create whatever narrative about me that you want to. You seem to do that a lot.
3: I do that's part of what makes me me all right uh Foolery 27 more summer
1: questions if you go fishing what's the largest slash most interesting thing you've caught boy this guy hasn't <laughs> listened to the podcast before has he <laughs>
2: We're a lot of questions that people just assume we are just these like rugged outdoors sorry men. you you got the liberal soy boy uh Version of, of Alliance podcast. Am I going to be the only one who who's going to have an answer <laughs> for this? <laughs>
3: I have never gone fishing. <laughs> never fish. I used to
2: go out fishing a little bit, but it's been a really long time, and it's not something I particularly enjoy. I just like being outdoors and drinking beers with friends, which is half of fishing, but the actual fishing aspect doesn't do much for me.
1: So i uh, I used to go fishing for I think I think it was rain. I think I caught rainbow trout when I was a kid. Uh, we went fishing up near uh sandusky ohio not i think it was like castalia or something so it was like off of a bunch of the rivers that are near castalia and creeks and yeah i think i caught a my brother got like a really big one and we ended up like uh what's it called when you like hollow the the critter out and like stuff it uh
3: taxidermy. Taxidermy.
1: taxidermy yeah yeah so he had like my brother always had one of his catches as like a mounted fish and I was always kind of jealous of that, but I I would, yeah, rainbow trout's like pretty much all I've caught. I would like to go fishing eventually someday. Like I'd love to go up during like salmon season and catch some salmon. If only now, because I am like crazy into cooking and I'd love to get like super fresh salmon and uh, cut it up there. And then and make some sushi out of it. I'm into the sushi part of that. Yeah, exactly. I've been doing a lot of Japanese cooking lately, so I am all about this kind of stuff. I made I made my own okonomiyaki the other night.
3: That's something. Do you think Ryan's gone fishing? Ryan is
1: probably punching. Probably not, right?
3: Yeah, probably not.
2: (laughs) He's probably gone fishing, but has barely touched the (laughs) fishing rod as he's just passed out in the sun. He's gone (laughs) fishing, quote unquote,
1: uh, (laughs) on fishing like. See, this is the problem. We've got questions here that are of the nature of talking about things you already talked about, outdoor stuff, which now this, this is the, the worst world.
0: mailbag for me.
1: <laughs> well, here, here we go. Uh, this is some, I'm going to feed this question to you guys. Cause I'm getting, this is the other vein of questions we're getting. Your questions about me. And I hate that. I hate that so much. So from minister smiley at um, yeah. At minister smiley. Why is Chris so pessimistic on the Lions?
0: Have you watched the team the past 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's your answer.
1: I have my own answer for this, but I just, I want to hear it from other people. I know Jeremy, once again, is probably going to say no comment.
2: Yeah, why, why would I need to comment on how, I'm not going to tell people why you feel a certain way. I can't. I want to see, I want to see why other people think I'm pessimistic. I really do. Well, I know why you're pessimistic and I know you probably don't want to talk about it. I kind of do. Uh
1: I just don't think this is the place to really unveil um uh, Right. Let, let's just let's just say this real quick. I am not a believer in Matt Patricia. I have never been a believer in Matt Patricia. Uh I don't think his season, his first season was anything to write home about. Uh the culture seems to have gone to hell. Like, cause that's the thing, like people are saying I'm being pessimistic. I was I was out here. I felt like people were like, "Why is Chris being too positive about Jim Caldwell?" Like about and yeah, why would I be positive about the one coach who had like a winning record for the first time since the 50s? I just I think that I think the organization, my personal deep-seated personal reasons aside, just looking at the team as being someone who has to cover the team, who has to talk about the team for Sports Talk Radio, uh I just don't think the Lions are on the right trajectory. I don't think that this method of pulling in former Patriots guys either has worked historically, nor do I think it's working right now. And honestly, like, I, I, I'm sorry, the window is going to be closing faster than you think. If you think that means I'm being pessimistic, then I mean, maybe We, we talk about this dichotomy all the time about being pessimistic, optimistic about the Lions and how that's, really charge, and we all fight over it now rather than letting people just be pessimistic or being optimistic or letting people form their own opinions. But I'm not going to change anyone. I'm not telling anyone, don't watch the Lions. I'm just saying like, hey, man, this is my opinion. I got an opinion out here. I I have to get onto this microphone and give an opinion every time we boot up this podcast. I have to give you the take on what I think is going to happen with the Lions because that's kind of how it works here. Ryan's here as the slacker now. I'm the, I'm the chatterbox, and Jeremy has slotted into the role of the serious uh, beat writer blogger here. So this is it. This is, this is how it works. I'm playing a role here, letting you behind the curtain. But at the same time, I do believe as a fan that uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in Lions, and I'm sorry. I, I'm seeing the cracks, and I think this will collapse faster than you think. You want to yell at me? If you want to yell at me, if I'm wrong, then by all means, I'll be wrong, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Restore the roar, giving us uh, hypothetical questions, but this one involves an injury, so I'm going to skip
2: it. I And I answered that one in actually last, in the, oh, in the last writing mailbag. So okay, um, cool. you probably didn't see it Restore the Roar. If you're a listener of the podcast, but didn't see it, go back to last week's mailbag on the site. Yep. Pride to uh I'm just trying to find some questions here. That we
1: can really get into. Let's go with uh, this question from Jay Jones, one sixty four. We should have probably done some prep on this one because this is a good question. But I have to uh, kind of roll with this on the fly. What three lions do you think could have had Hall of
2: Fame careers if not for injuries? Billy Sims is the first one that comes to mind. I, yeah, I yeah. believe Billy Sims is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but is in uh, like, you know the Detroit Lions Ring of Honor or whatever they call it. Yeah, and I'm sure he's probably got some
1: accolades over at Oklahoma as well. So, right. Yeah. Um, but
2: yeah, he's, he's the easy number one with a bullet. Um, I, I know there was a little bit of discussion on the site about this question, and, and some people put guys like... Um, well, Jones
1: likes the, uh, gives the suggestions of Reggie Brown and DeAndre Levy as well to round he, it out. I don't think Levy would be in that conversation at all. Like, I love Levy. Yeah. I do not think he was going to be a Hall of Fame talent at
2: all. Dude was crazy talented. My question would be: even if he was healthy, would his, would his would his mind have kept him in the game? I mean, he he had so many griefs with the NFL and the Detroit Lions and and some of the things that the league was doing. That I'm sure maybe it, I mean he's he's a very interesting guy. He has a lot of different interests. I think maybe he would have retired early, anyways. Um, but yeah, let me, let me think about other other guys like John Best. You? Maybe you, you're thinking but I I don't don't think that was ever that good.
1: Yeah. Like that's the problem. I think there's some guys who are like, okay, maybe they could have been like local, pretty good guys, but I don't think there's anyone the lions ever got where it's like, oh yeah, that guy could be like really, really, really good. But he just got his career cut short besides of course, from Billy Sims. I mean, maybe Reggie Brown. I don't, I don't have memories of Reggie Brown at all. That's kind of outside my time. I am kind of the historian when it comes to the NFL sometimes, but I never, uh, I, I never thought too much about uh, – I mean, that was the 90s. I just never thought too much about Reggie Brown. I mean, it was it was a sad, sad – am I thinking of the right one? Yeah, something? no, you're right, you're right. Linebacker? Yeah, just making sure. Okay. Uh, Mancer, do you have any uh, thoughts? <laughs> no?
0: Um, I'm 22 years old. The only good Lions – genuinely <laughs> good Lions player I've ever seen is Calvin Johnson, so – and he <laughs> – he probably makes the Hall of Fame. He's so. gonna make better. Be yeah, better. I saw. So I don't really have an answer for this one. Honestly, you're too young. Dark, dark days. Dark, very, very dark part of the, very dark part of Detroit Lions history. When I started watching, the Detroit Soy Boy podcast, apparently. So.
1: <laughs> like I mean, this this is serious though, right? Like, cause I, I because I am in terrestrial sports talk radio now. It it is it is fascinating to watch that we are getting a lot of questions from guys who are older who are either boomers or Gen X talking about a lot of guys that we just haven't seen right. Yeah, and yeah. you haven't seen them when you haven't seen them personally, especially with this team too. That you have nearly a lost decade when it comes to Lions for the entire aughts that just completely uh, nuked interest in the team, and now you kind of had to restart. You've almost had these like eight years where it's just like okay, there was no one there worth talking about. Now we're restarting, and now that eighties, nineties history is almost cleft from the uh, from the consciousness of younger Lions
2: fans. Yeah, and I was actually I was talking about this on Twitch a little bit a couple days ago. In in a way, it it kind of makes it so Lions fans don't have that extra gripe of like oh well we've been suffering for seventy years or whatever. It's like well most of like the, the active fan base right now they've only suffered for like 20 or 30 years basically their I mean, life yeah, and, and like, a lot of teams I, have done you know. that a lot of teams have struggled in the past 20 30 years a lot of teams haven't won uh, a super bowl in the past 20 30 years i found it interesting we had a post saying you know which team do we think is going to be the first uh, the first first time super bowl winner the next i should say the next first time super bowl winner and there are 12 teams that haven't won the super bowl
1: yeah, like I know the the NFL likes saying they're the league of parity and everything, but there is a lot of knots when it comes to uh who has the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the at the end of the day. And I don't think the Lions are on that list as far as who's going to be the next one, the next first-time team to win it. There's a lot of teams that just haven't gotten their crack
0: who have been I think the- one difference is that the Lions like the, the Texans and Panthers are brand new franchises. So of course like or in the Jags, things like that. Like they're not yeah. they don't have one, but it's not really like that bad for them not to have one. The Lions have also not been to a Super Bowl. Like the Falcons and the Chargers, Chargers have been to a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah, yeah. And and yeah, like like yes. the, and I think we always talk about this too
1: with the uh with the Cardinals too. They've not had a championship like longer they have a longer championship drought than the than the Lions themselves. Like they haven't they like they haven't won an
2: NFL championship since before the Lions did.
3: I mean but
1: the, they, they've been
2: to a Super Bowl to your yeah, point. The, and and the the probably the more unique suffering that I guess Lions fans can cop to is is without a playoff win. You know, been, been since 92 or 93 or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it's a and only only,
2: only the Bengals have waited longer, so.
0: I've never seen a playoff win or a division title in my life. Like that's crazy. Like that's yeah. actually insane to think about sometimes.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, well, I mean, I did see one but like I would have been too young to even
0: I wasn't even I wasn't a Lions
1: fan when I was a kid. I was far more yeah. into the Pistons growing up just because I had that personal connection with the team way back. So like football, like when I was into football as a kid, like I was in for college. I I really was. And that's kind of my, I know I do NFL stuff and this is bad for me to say, but like college is kind of my first love just because of how wild and stupid uh, college football is. All right. Next question here is from AV King James asking us, in light of the Raiders recently getting hard knocks, which by the way, we all knew hard knocks was going to go to the Raiders, right?
2: The, there was this weird it doubt happens. that it might not happen, but it had to happen.
1: It had, it to happen. had to happen. Like, and I know there's been some pushback. It's like, oh, the league, the league knows what it's doing. It's not going to show a completely incompetent organization. And I kind of buy into that because I know John Gruden loves the camera, right? Like, absolutely dies for the camera. So I mean, they, they're, they're probably thinking like, okay, this is probably the best we can. And the Raiders do gather national interest in a way that I think few other teams can gain like the Raiders are still a national brand up there with like the Cowboys. Yeah.
2: In a way, for sure. Yeah.
1: They're, they're just more of a West of the Rockies brand kind of like with like you, I would say like national brands for the NFL, you get Broncos and Raiders out West of the Rockies and East, of the Rockies, probably Cowboys and Eagles Giants. and that entire NFC East pretty yeah, much, yeah. Pretty much. And, and Steelers, I would say is the other big one. They're mm-hmm. so like your big, seven and i mean patriots rounds it out to eight right there and i guess jets too but screw new york i'm not giving them (laughs) any more anyway his question reads in light of the raiders getting on hard knocks if you had your choice of nfl shows for the lions to be featured on would you rather be hard knocks or all or nothing so either four or five months four or five episodes in a month or so but live or eight episodes in the case of all or nothing but over two months but you're like a year behind
2: uh, for me, it's no question, all or nothing. I'd rather have. Um, I mean, in a way, it's like it's a better, more in-depth way back machine for us, where they get to, we get to revisit the season before and kind of see all the things that were going on behind. And while while we haven't experienced hard knocks for our team yet, I think it's going to feel a little bit older than you think because it's it's a week behind, and with training camp going on and preseason going on, we're all going to be there. Like I'm going to be there. I'm going to basically see what what hard knocks is seeing except for you know the stuff that's happening inside the building but like the practices the games all that stuff we're we already gonna know we're gonna know like the the training camp battles that they try to to highlight on hard knocks we're gonna know who gets cut like that final episode of hard knocks that is so fun for us to watch because we don't know who's going to get cut we're already gonna know that so in a way hard knocks is a little bit outdated too obviously not to the point that all or nothing is but Oh, nothing is just amazing to me that they can have a whole season's worth of content.
1: I, I, I get, I get your criticism there, and I buy into it a lot. It's just that I find that drama, though, of you know, following around some guys who you you know, like who are potentially doomed or fighting for that spot, like that's that's what makes Hard Knocks compelling to me more than a rewind of a season. Which sure. I mean, there, there's been the rewind of the season is a, is a tired old. That that that's that's a tale as old as time when it comes to NFL films or anything like that. Like that's that's a that's a trodden ground. But hard knocks, I think, is unique and compels me because it is immediate, it is right there, and it's it's the time of the NFL calendar when it comes in, where it I mean, it is kind of a little exploitive to get these guys when they're like fighting like hell to make to make a roster, or sure. you know, some some coach who's like desperate to just make his stuff stick but it it works i think that's why it works i think that's why so many people bang on and hope for hard knocks every year and want to see who gets it because there there is something about just getting that inside gaze into it into a tire fire every now and then and seeing the humanizing elements of uh of that all right question here from simon Bredvig. in a couple years i plan to go to detroit for a lions game but also to see the city what three places slash attractions do you recommend any visitors to go to other than a Lions game? And while I'm at it, can you also name three restaurants I must eat at? So Whoa. I think the problem is Detroit isn't really much of a like we, we talk about those with Super Bowls all the time, but like it's not much of a tourist town. The first thing yeah. that's cropping to my mind is maybe try to see a show at the Fox Theater, but that that really supposes that you're into
2: theater. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what kind of stuff you're into. Ford like Museum, Henry, Ford, yeah. Henry Ford Museum is, is maybe one if you're into history. Um, the, the DIA, Detroit Institute of Arts, is is, is good.
1: I mean, depending um, on when
2: you come to, there's the auto show. That's always a big sure. draw. Yeah, and if if you're into car car talk, uh, there's, car there's talk. always the the Dream Cruise on, on Woodward. When it, it, actually, it's probably coming up in a, in about a month or so. Detroit Detroit Comic Con going to be I'm during kidding. Detroit. Was it a comic con or what, what's, what's that convention they do up there for all the nerds that's
1: been getting decent.
2: I'm not sure nerds. what it is. Um, but if you have like, if you're taking like a week, I would say there's some beautiful places in Northern Michigan, you know, Traverse city is a really beautiful place. in um, Michigan. The uh, upper, you know, upper peninsula is pretty nice too. Um, so oh, bell islands go up to bell bell, Island. Yeah. Again. There yeah. you go. Um, food, which is probably something I'm a little more yeah, now talk we, about now. Now we're talking, now we're talking, uh, you know, Buddy's is a place that I think a lot of people say you have to go to. I'm not quite as wild about Buddy's. It's great, but you know, it's, it's pizza. It's a tra- If you're, if you're into you Detroit style. If you have to try Detroit style pizza, you got to go to Buddy's. Would you say, I mean, I think Sweetwater is going to make this list here, right? Yeah. I was going to say Sweetwater as well. The the wings at Sweetwater in downtown Detroit. Fantastic. Um, they're They're nothing special. They're just done perfectly. <laughs> there, there's nothing unique about them. I don't think
1: I've ever had their style of sauce anywhere
2: else. It's like yeah. a
1: spicy barbecue. Like I've seen other places do a spicy barbecue sauce, but like theirs, it's a very unique flavor at Sweetwater. Yeah. It,
2: I- it's not overly spicy at all. I think people that aren't into spicy food would eat it and and love it. And then if we're talking a little, like if you want to go out for a nice dinner, um, still kind of in the, in the downtown Detroit area, it's Selden standard. Get in really, really nice cocktail. Get some really nice, bar food it's kind of tapas style so you, you you share like four plates with with your date if you're going on a date do it i'm gonna
1: fight back against you because like i feel like if you're coming to detroit and you want to see like the history of the city in its food you you've got to eat somewhere in Greektown. um and i mean I, i'm not gonna say go to the pegasus or anything like that but i'm trying to remember uh santorini's was the nice was like I think is like the nice Greek restaurant on that strip right there. They're like, that's the one that has, you know, it's not, it's not just kind of like uh deli, go in, get your Euro and get out. Like I, I would heavily
2: recommend Santorini's. I, I, for me, Greek town is a little too touristy. It's a little too sure. much. Like, Hey, look, we're trying to like we're really trying to force something. And I don't know. I'm just not that. I, into I Greek guess, town.
1: I guess. But like, I mean, for me growing up in that part of the country, like, man, Coming out to LA, like I am dying to find a good Euro place. Like that's Papa right. Christo's in K Town is nice, but like that's it, man. That kind of Greek food, I, I don't think a lot of people get exposed to like really good Greek food unless that's you're fair. in that part of the country, which is why I recommend to you to get some food from Greek town. I know Slows isn't on your list here either, Jeremy.
2: Everyone seems to Yeah, so, Slows is good. A little overrated, but definitely good. If if you're into barbecue, go to Slows. Yeah, that
1: that's the thing too. Is like, why are you coming to Detroit to get barbecue? Fair. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so we have Sweetwater here in Virginia. So, I mean, if it you're might- going to visit, flying to another city, I feel like you should try more than a chain restaurant.
2: Oh, well, that's,
1: I don't that,
0: think it's a chain. No, I it's, think it's it, this happens, oh, it's yeah. a different. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. same name. Uh, that's that's a common enough name, I imagine.
2: So, don't you talk? Don't you? Don't you ever <laughs> <Wow>. threaten <laughs> Sweetwater again? All right. <laughs> now well, we're getting hostile this is going to be your last podcast performance if you keep this up
1: thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast we are on iTunes and Stitcher our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard you can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard I thanks a lot to him check out his stuff he's been great He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I Am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star
3: side.